Hi and welcome to an episode of Mental Tea. Today we will be discussing borderline personality disorder or BPD. Before we start this podcast, a quick disclaimer. The content here should not be taken as medical advice, instead should be only used for informational purposes. And because everyone has their own unique personalities, if you feel like you're struggling with the challenges and relate to this, we request you to consult a healthcare professional for any medical questions. In addition to this, we would also like to inform you that certain instances of self-harm will be discussed in the podcast. So we request you to use your discretion going ahead with listening to the podcast. Today we have Arohi Joshi with whom we will be discussing BPD and her experiences with it. But a quick fun fact about how I met Arohi was at a mutual friend's wedding. I was so intrigued by the work she does. She's a teacher at a school for special needs kids and I initially got in touch with her to discuss this as a topic for our podcast, but turns out I was left even more inspired by her struggles with BPD and how she's dealt with the whole thing. So without further ado, Arohi, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience of BPD and how it all started? So I've grown up in the States, basically. Um, I moved there when I was three and um, we had been staying there. And then for some time, my dad was here. Um, He was pursuing um, his further studies here. And at that point, he met with a car accident in India and we were in the States. My family, like both sides, maternal and paternal, and my mom felt that it's wiser to stay there. Anyway, by the time we would reach, we wouldn't be there to, you know, see the body or anything. And also, um, they didn't think it was a very positive environment, the way the customs are with respect to death here. So a decision was made for us to stay there. And I was uh, 10 years old. So um, I don't think at that point I realized how adversely it affected me but much later like when I grew up you know there was a lot of conflict with my mom you know I was a very very difficult teenager Um, I would be rebellious for anything and everything you know without any legitimate reason and um, I think the time when I realized that something is off is because I was really struggling in my romantic relationships I'd be really good, you know, with all my friends, with my family, like excellent with everyone. But when it would come to a romantic equation, it would just be extremely difficult. I would be very toxic to the other person as well. I think that's when I realized that I wasn't feeling too good. And that's when I started um, getting help. Tell us a little bit about this toxic experience that you had in your romantic relationship like what exactly did it entail did it mean that when you got into fights with your partner you know would you react in extremes what exactly happened the most um, prominent thing is this fear that I'd have of abandonment that is generally the one thing that would propel all of my other behaviors so I would have this consistent fear that this person is going to abandon me Although my dad did not abandon me, like he died. But for me, I perceived that as abandonment. For example, uh, say we've decided that, okay, we're going to hang out. It's Friday night. And if this person just says that, oh, you know, like, I'm just thinking, can we postpone that by one hour? Which is actually not the end of the world, you know. But for me, that would be like, oh, he's postponing it. That means he wants to leave me. Like, that would be my direct conclusion from that one phrase. And the minute he'd say that, I would just start behaving in an extremely intense, upset way because I'm reacting to the fact that I think he's leaving me. 
So my reaction is that that generally an, an ideal person would probably give if they are facing a breakup. You know, when someone's dumping you, the reaction that you'd give is the same reaction that I'd be giving this guy when he's just saying, "Can we, you know, meet one hour later?" Most of my inappropriate or toxic reactions stem from this fear of abandonment. Um, I tend to see most things in black and white. So generally, my significant other is white. Like you know, I would do anything for them. They're the center of my universe and everything. But uh, in moments like this, the minute this person says this, then they're suddenly black. And then I can literally do anything to make that person's life miserable in that moment. Right. Right. Would that also yeah. result okay. in uh, bursts of anger? You know, would you start getting violent with them? So I would generally, yeah, like I would shout a lot. Like a lot of verbal abuse was there when I was younger. When I was not, uh, you know, I wasn't getting help because I was unaware. I used to throw a lot of things. Like you know, so I'll just randomly throw something, break it. Uh, a lot of dramatic behaviors like that, um, which I used to use as a means to sort of um, let that energy out. As I got help, I've learned like exercises. Like, okay, when you get this way, you can do it. You can do a grounding exercise. You can take a deep breath. You know, these are things that I later on learned how to cope. At that point, when I didn't know that there was a problem, I used to just resort to throwing things and breaking them. Right. So, forum, can you help us understand a little better what PPT is and what are the key symptoms that are associated with it? I guess the Arohi, uh, given her experience and example, did highlight a couple of them. Borderline personality or BPD, as it's widely known, uh, it will uh, feel something like this. You know, there's a constant uh, presence of being on a roller coaster. So imagine, you know, you're having a roller coaster ride where you are sometimes, you know, going up. Sometimes there's a crash downwards. There's a spiral downwards. So there's a lot of shift in moods, a lot of instability in moods, and it stems from feeling unstable in the relationship. So as she mentioned, one of the relationships that she widely saw this was in her romantic relationship. The fear is so intense of getting abandoned that from zero to hundred reaction, you know, kind of just skyrockets. So as she said, you know, if it's a one-hour delay, practically, it's okay. It's not something that you know my world comes down crashing. But at an emotional level, that statement triggers off a thought process that oh my god, he's going to leave me. Or I'm going to be abandoned, or I'm going to feel rejected because of this statement. So that's the crux of this disorder. The reactions are so powerful in emotions that practicality is kind of, you know, gets thrown out of the window. Many times we also see violent and aggressive outbursts, like throwing things around. Sometimes it could be self-damaging or self-destructive. Also, in that heated moment, another element to this disorder is. Coming from uh, a childhood where the client's uh, relationship with, say, parents, with primary caregivers, hasn't been fulfilling, hasn't been nurturing one, or uh, stemming from an abusive environment, so that also plays a huge role in shaping one's personality as in how the person grows up. And the defense mechanism over here that the person uses is also about rationalizing. If the person values me, he or she will show certain behaviors towards it. And if anything goes amiss within that behavior, the direct conclusion to it is that this person doesn't love me anymore, or I'm not worthy of being loved. And that also highlights that you know one's uh, identity or one's self-esteem is highly dependent on these relations that they invest in.
Arohi, do you feel like this is episodic or is it something that you constantly struggle with, this roller coaster of emotions? There are set triggers. Like, for example, I know there are certain things. Like, um, I have a huge thing for dogs, um, like, you know, stray dogs. And if I see anyone beating up a stray dog or something like that, it's a, a huge, it's going to give like trigger every single negative emotion in me. So there are certain things that I know will trigger stuff, but there's no set routine of like, okay, once a week, twice a week. There's nothing set like that. Okay, so this is one thing where you've sort of come to understand, you know, what triggers you and you've come to a full diagnosis of your, uh, of this illness. But what about uh, Forum, this is a question for you, when for example, I'm the person yeah. at the receiving end of an episode of the sort. How do I deal with it? You know, what we do usually, uh, we work in a pair. That is, um, any significant person in this individual's life who is at the receiving end. So at some point, we also rope in uh, these people into the therapy process uh, in order to first psychoeducate as to what this uh, personality disorder entails or what does it include. And what, what are the uh, watch out signs that, uh, you know, one can be aware of. So we thoroughly educate the person, keeping in mind that, uh, you know, these episodes, the frequency with which these episodes take place and what happens, we try and understand the nature of those episodes. In terms of handling them, we also work with those people by teaching them a few techniques like, you know, how to ground the other person when there is impulsivity or there is an episode of rage or anger, how to seek help that is to reach out to the therapist or to reach out to other professionals who can intervene if things get out of hand. And once you know the episode subsides, also having a more rational conversation so that they, you know, these people can mirror what had happened or what has happened. So, Arohi, from our earlier conversation, you mentioned to us that uh, there was an episode where, you know, your cousin passed away and your uh, romantic relationship didn't turn out as you had planned. Can you just elaborate on that being like a wake up call or that whole incident in general? I think I've had an issue with death. Okay, so my dad passed away when I was 10. And then I was really close to my dad's dad, my grandfather, and he passed away um, around four years after that. So I've always been very uncomfortable with losing people. What happened was my cousin brother, um, we all used to like, we have a joint family. So we used to live together and um, he passed away suddenly. He was very young. He was 27. So that was already like a very difficult phase of my life. And at that point I was, I had been dating someone for four years and he broke up with me around two weeks after that. So I just, didn't know what was happening. You know, I, I felt like all of my um, fears were completely coming true. And the main issue was that he did not really tell me why he was breaking up. So he was in Australia and he broke up and then he just blocked me everywhere. I could not deal with that. Um, and I overdosed on medication. I tried to kill myself. I tried twice, uh, but it obviously didn't work because I'm here today. But um, yeah, I think... Uh, I, although I had been visiting um, a therapist, I was not really working on myself. I used to hate it. Like, you know, I just wanted a quick fix. Like, I just wanted her to do something to make everything okay. After I tried to kill myself, in fact, a year and a half after that is when I actually started working on myself. And that's something that I've, that's like probably my biggest takeaway that everyone can be there to support you. Like, I had the most supportive family, friends, therapists, everyone. But 
until you decide that okay the problem there is a problem you know and it's not your fault that there's a problem but there is a problem and you have to fix it and you need to work on it that's the only day things will change otherwise you'll be stuck in that same cycle no absolutely that makes complete sense right. you should be willing to help yourself first before anybody can actually get through to you and you know get you to make any amends to your life right but forum also there's right. one thing that i've come right. across quite commonly on a lot of platforms which is the confusion between bpd and what is commonly termed as multiple personality disorder dissociative personality disorder can you elaborate on that multiple personality disorder over the years uh, you know has been quite debated has been quite you know made popular with the whole uh, media impression on it the the main difference over here would be the whole dissociation part uh, that really takes place in uh, borderline personality disorder as opposed to multiple personality disorder so there'll be a complete dissociation from self where you know the personality alters itself in multiple personality disorder whereas in uh, bpd the person experiences the split the person experiences that okay you know sometimes i can identify with myself sometimes i don't but it's more to do with the emotions and it's more to do with how those emotions end up being reactions so uh, there's no alteration in personality as such the person is very much uh, himself or herself when it's borderline personality as opposed to multiple personality disorder because in multiple personality disorder as seen uh, through studies and research there's a complete makeover of the individual um, say through accent through behavior through uh, you know adopting a completely altered ego altered personality which is absent when it, when we are talking about borderline clients that's what differentiates these two disorders major uh in this that it is commonly confused with is i think bipolar disorder so right. what again would be the difference or how do you differentiate between the two so uh, they both fall under different families so uh, borderline personality disorder is a subsection of a personality disorder which takes place uh, over the years so as in how your personality is being developed you know you see early signs of uh, this disorder uh in the growing up years itself so say the environment is not conducive or it's abusive and how the child takes on all of these stressors in life how the child deals with these stressors early on is the setting stone for uh, these personality disorders also it has a lot of genetic factor involved in it bpd usually runs in the family bipolar disorder it's a mood disorder falls under the family of mood disorders we look for more signs where it's not just mood instability but the frequency with which it happens the nature of those episodes of highs and lows so in bipolar you would have an episode of mania where there is restlessness irritability impulsivity recklessness and then there's a huge crash Correct. and that's the depressive phase so that's how the term bipolarity uh, comes into existence um as you know described by arohi already suicidal tendencies definitely do feature as one of the symptoms in bpd uh, right arohi can you just you know tell us exactly what is your thought process like how did it get to going that far at the time did you just feel like complete helplessness or fear of abandonment again what was like the thoughts that were running in your head at the time 
that's something again that i discovered much later that it it's not like or at least in my case it wasn't like i suddenly was like oh let me kill myself you know there was there were a lot of stages before that where i was um you know toying with the idea of suicide but not in a in a way that we would expect so for example you know if i am traveling in a car this thought will just come into my head that oh you know what if my car meets with an accident okay and these thoughts used to always be there okay they're like oh you know what if and i would like uh, space out and completely think of the whole thing like okay this will happen it'll turn like this this will happen to me i'll get hurt like this you know all of that and it would never upset me like these thoughts generally these thoughts are not very positive or nice thoughts to have about something happening to yourself but these thoughts were always there like you know ever since i was young i don't know like when it happened this day, it was just actually at that point in my life i just felt it was unbearable like you know even today i don't mind revisiting any part of my life like i can revisit losing my dad but i never want to revisit that part because i i clearly remember like it was unbearable like i felt like i was just um so numb and it was so unbearable that i was like it just doesn't matter anymore otherwise generally as an individual i am not someone who can self harm like you know i i don't really like getting hurt or it does not like i do know people like who uh use self harm as a way to cope i'm not really someone who's ever even done anything like that so for me this was more of a it reached a point where it was just not working and even before i tried to kill myself actually we i was put on um medication because um i was very depressed at that point um but nothing was working you know and uh it just i was really impatient and i just googled some medicines and i mixed it all up and i just had it at that point now in retrospect it may sound weird but i'm glad that happened because i was hospitalized and i don't remember a lot of that whole part of you know that time being and i'm kind of glad about that at this point because i think had that not happened i would have never worked on myself and i would have maybe still been stuck somewhere there you know like today like i'm much better because of that experience for me it felt sudden at that point it was very impulsive like let me just take the pills i didn't even think it through like you know i just grabbed whatever pills were at home and i mixed them all up and i had it in retrospect yeah like i was always um like the idea that i'm going to get hurt was like a fantasy it was never like a dangerous idea for me it would always appeal to me and mm-hmm. uh, how then did you decide that you wanted to make active change because you did say that it wasn't immediately after this incident but in fact a year after that you thought you wanted to make right. some serious changes so what changed between then and the time that you decided to actually do something about it after that i was in another relationship where um my partner was extremely toxic uh, he was physically abusive towards me and he was verbally abusive and i remember like everyone around me from my therapist to my friends to my family would tell me to just break up with this person i was never able to because again that fear of abandonment wouldn't let me even break up with someone who's hurting me when i know he's hurting me i generally am someone who is very open about my mental health and there was a point where he would uh, manipulate those facts and use it against me so for example if he has genuinely uh, messed up somewhere and if i react to that he'll be like no this is your bpd this isn't you know this isn't real you're just overreacting because of your bpd there came a point where i genuinely felt um like i had absolutely no self esteem in that relationship you know so when i'd be with my friends i'd be like really happy and laughing but the minute i'd be with him i just feel really bad about myself and i wouldn't be able to leave that relationship there would be times where you know when he'll treat me badly i'll be like i'm done with you 
but then within half an hour i'll go back begging that no like let's try again you know because then suddenly i feel like no no but he's going to leave me when in reality i was the one breaking up but you know it was all messed up and i think that's when i decided that i need to work on myself first and understand um what my needs are and where i need to improve and only then can i get into a relationship with someone else forum about this a little more yeah. in depth where you know i think everyone somewhere has a little bit of a fear of losing someone you know who they're close to right. but uh, how hmm. do you differentiate then you know if it's something that is too extreme versus like a normal sense of you know or or a fear of losing someone see here in bpd there is an intense ongoing and a very frantic need to avoid any real or even imaginary abandonment with this as a premise if i have to give you two instances say if my partner cancels a meeting okay if we are to meet this evening and my partner cancels it last minute so my reaction to it would be that i'm upset but i would talk it out with him i would tell him that you know listen i'm upset that you canceled this last minute and i was uh, waiting to meet you or i was eager to meet you using these statements then expressing my upsetness something which is very extreme and which is concerning a factor is they lashing out being passive aggressive or picking a fight with my partner and if this happens repeatedly if my thought process behind doing this is that uh, how can he cancel on me is he planning to leave me is he planning to abandon this relationship so this is the recurring thought so it will work in extremes all the time there could be a problem in uh, feeling safe and secure in the relationship because in a normal relationship you though you feel insecure like you know if your partner is appreciating someone else uh, there would be this tinge of insecurity however it does not preside it does not take over your faith in the relationship or your faith in your partner so when you see these foundations not being in place is is a huge indicator of there being a problem and can you tell us why self harm is a coping mechanism for someone who is struggling with bpd or uh, the emotional pain is so uh, intense that as a coping mechanism a lot of these clients would resort to self harm just to get away from that emotional pain you know when arohi mentioned that that's one phase which i don't want to revisit like i can go and revisit a phase when she lost her father which in itself is such a huge loss but wouldn't want to revisit this this phase is also because there's a lot of emotionality attached to it so if i want to get away from my emotional pain uh physical pain is a replacement to that sometimes it's also utter helplessness or you know even hopelessness that i can ever get out of this so repeated failures uh in trying to help yourself could also push the individual to uh take the drastic steps and sometimes you know uh, depression or anxiety would begin first like those would be the first signs uh, where this personality trait get developed and self harm has been a part of those disorders as well so it could be a comorbidity also okay arohi let's talk a little bit about your experience with therapy you know when the diagnosis came up what was your reaction to it uh, and how did you cope with it right so um like forum mentioned actually initially i was just going because i was very depressed and then very anxious like i had a lot of panic attacks and stuff and i think it was only after um around a year of therapy was i finally like diagnosed that like okay it 
yeah, like you may have anxiety and you may be depressed, but then there's also this. I remember that my mother was told this first. I was not told. My like my therapist had shared this with my mom, and then later on uh, she had just told me, and I felt actually really relieved. So the first thing that she told me was like, now don't go and Google stuff. But actually, I felt really good for the first time. I was reading other people talking about the same feelings that I felt. So you know, a lot of times, like when I talk that. I don't know does it ever happen to you that you love this person but then they do one thing and then you just hate them and no one really would get that you know yeah and when i read like all these instagram pages for bpd or there are other people with it and they talk and i felt like so understood you know even though i didn't know them i just felt like okay there are other people who feel the same way so i think for me finding out really helped me because then i knew how to help myself there are people with bpd you know who can't even keep a job or who can't even keep a set of friends you know so i felt like um, i should be grateful that um, i'm able to do these things and i should really work on the other things that i'm not able to do however um, i do feel like there is a lot of stigma when it comes to bpd and like like i said i'm lucky that i'm around friends and family who uh, will not stigmatize me or put a label on it like i told you vaishnavi that you know people nowadays are still coming out about depression and anxiety because you know there are celebrities coming out and they're more comfortable doing that but i think the minute someone hears like personality disorder or you know those words people still like look at you in a different way so if someone were to not meet me or not know me and if they were to just know that okay i have a personality disorder i'm sure they'll come in with a lot of preconceived notions uh, compared to if they got to know me first and then they found out about it you know if there's someone who's battled cancer everyone's going to you know cheer for them Absolutely. and applaud them but you know if there's someone who comes out of any mental disorder is trying to work on it then people look at them in a very different way like they're completely unstable yeah. you know they're never going to you know be reliable stuff like that completely hear you on that one you know which is why it's just so important for us to destigmatize it and have these open conversations because there are more enough people you know suffering right. from these things so forum uh, i've also read a bit about yeah. dialectical behavior therapy being uh, quite useful for someone who's struggling right. with bpd uh, and both forum and arohi you know you feel free to put your give your inputs on this uh, what is it and how does it work and how does it help a person who's struggling with bpd certain highlighted ones are uh, cognitive behavioral therapy uh, dialectical behavioral therapy and then there's also something known as schema focused therapy So these are the three major lines of treatments and therapies that we use with uh, BPD, and amongst them, dialectical behavioral therapy is specifically uh, to address the self-harm behavior or you know any suicidal tendencies seen in uh, BPD clients. It works wonderfully well, especially with these symptoms. What it focuses on is uh, one how to recognize and also be aware. about one's own beliefs and behaviors so if the the core belief over here is any anything done out of ordinary is a shift in that belief system which is why the following behavior takes place of say anger impulsivity or uh, lashing out so on and so forth so as long as that belief system is maintained as long as that belief system is taken care of there are fewer and fewer episodes seen so what we do in therapy is we challenge those belief systems we work and rework on those belief systems so that the extreme reactions that take place cease to happen 
and Arohi, have you had a chance to sort of uh, try DBT out personally? Right. So like I told you, it was one thing that unfortunately it's not available where I stay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no therapist for it. Um, and the reason why I really was keen on DBT was because um, the way it's framed, you have group sessions, which I feel um, is, like I said, like for me, you know, reading about other people having it really helped me. I felt very understood. So for me, the idea that I can go once a week with a group of other people who are struggling and we can talk things out and get perspective seemed really interesting. There are like these apps for it and um, there's a workbook. So I would pick up on these things and, you know, take stuff that would help me. Uh, I'm still like uh, looking, you know, but there's still nothing available in Ahmedabad in the area. There's nothing available for DPT. But yeah, like that's still something that no matter how good I feel, it's still something that I want to do because um, as Forum said, you know, I want to improve my thought process or my belief system because see right now I'm just, yeah, I'm doing good, but it's because I'm just managing, you know, like it's not like, okay, so today if I'm reacting in an inappropriate way, um, it's not, it's, it's just that I have that realization that, okay, it was inappropriate, but maybe if I went through a uh, DVD, I would probably not reacting in that react in that way because I would have changed my belief system. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I, yeah, I'm still looking for. Yeah. So to maybe any listener out there who's planning to, you know, do any good work in the mental health space, Ahmedabad is a great spot to set up shop and help people. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you both of you so much, you know, for discussing uh, all your thoughts and emotions and, you know, the diagnosis, etc. symptoms, everything today. This was very useful. And I would really urge listeners to not dismiss someone who are having emotional reactions, if they're irritable, if they're angry, instead to actually pay attention to the kind of symptoms that they have and maybe help them get the help that they need to be better. Any parting thoughts, Forum Arohi? Over the years, like in, in my experience also, it's labeled as, okay, you know, this individual who has BPD will always behave in a very insane manner, will always behave in a very unstable manner. And uh, how will he or she sustain relationships ever in life? But uh, what I've also come to experience while working with my clients who've been diagnosed with BPD, that efforts on the therapist part, as well as the client's part together, put you know, when you put it together and also have a Creating a good social support system has definitely made a lot of improvement in uh, my clients' lives. And uh, today they are able to maintain, sustain good, healthy relationships as there's a physical, you know, ailment. Same as with mental illnesses also. When you're aware that, okay, this problem exists, what can be done about it? And with, uh, you know, in certain cases where medication is required, um, putting together all of these things can definitely alter an individual's life. It's workable, it's treatable, and I would urge all the listeners if they have someone that they know or if they themselves are going through a tough time with respect to their relationships and uh, mood instability, etc., then do reach out for professional help. Right. And Arohi, yeah. why don't you tell us a bit about, you know, how you being so open with your friends and family has really sort of helped break down the stigma, at least in your in your own social circle. I don't feel um, bothered by revealing that I have borderline personality disorder. That is only uh, that has only been achieved this comfort level because uh, whenever I've spoken to my friends or family, they've not shunned me down, you know, so I felt more and more confident that it's OK 
my inner circle accepts me so then why do i care if someone outside is going to judge me so i think maybe when someone shares experiences where they've behaved inappropriately hear them out and try to identify why it's happening and try to help them get help instead of you know just putting them down and saying that it's so wrong because i know i i know someone who has bpd where um they've not been fortunate enough to have a good set of people around them and they're consistently shunned that there is this myth that if you are mentally ill then you can't really be there for someone else emotionally that's definitely a myth that needs to be shattered thank you so much arohi and forum for your time if there's anyone who's listening to this who relates to a few of the symptoms mentioned here or is struggling with a mental health issue in general please feel free to reach out to us on our instagram page mental tea thanks so much for listening thank you so much for listening to mental tea we really hope you enjoyed our episode today 